0: Hello, welcome to the third episode of Epoch, The Diet in the Paintings of the Song Dynasty. Before I start the show, I'd like to thank you all for coming here, to the online curation platform of the National Palace Museum. If you haven't watched the previous two episodes on tea and sweets, you're free to click the links below this video on YouTube. And last, don't forget to vote for Epoch during 21st October to 4th November. That's enough about me, and now with me, your host Carmen Chu, on with the show. Today we are having a craving for an expensive fruit, the lychee. Here, instead of showing you a bouquet of fresh lychee, I've prepared lychee jelly pops. No brand propaganda intended. You can buy these jelly pops everywhere, and usually there will be a multiple flavors. But among all common ones, like lemon, grapes or orange, lychee is my favourite. If you've never had a taste of lychee, I truly feel sorry for you. It's a tropical evergreen fruit that is so commonly seen in Taiwan. Every summer, I would start paying attention to those street vendors near my house, so I wouldn't miss the first vendor as they pop out and sell lychees. I'm sorry I can't show you fresh lychee like I just mentioned, because as a seasonally picky fruit, lychee doesn't really yield during late autumn as this broadcast is made. Well, yes, some species do, but they are not my favourite ones. Lychee has shell-like peels, with a rough pattern like fish scales, which will turn from green to red as the fruit ripens. The biggest lychee fruit is almost as big as a quail egg and with technique of farming being improved, the brown hard seed inside could be as small as a small tip. The flesh is white, tender and juicy with a rich sour and sweet taste like fermented yogurt. Some friend once described the taste reminded him of cow pickle, a popular soft drink. When I was studying in Czech Republic, I've asked around people from Europe and America, and it was no surprise that only people from tropical countries have heard of lychee, while others either only saw or tasted it in cans. I guaranteed them, once they've ever tasted a fresh one, they wouldn't forget it. It's such a magical flavour, subtle yet rich, and subject to weather and species. Some species have strong fragrance but taste sourer, and some is smaller but much sweeter. But I'm not the one who drools upon hearing the name of Chi, which brings out the painting of the day, Depiction of Chi by Zhao Ji, also known as Song Huizong. Yes, we talked about this talented emperor before, remember? He was the one who wrote a book about tea, a whole book about it. Featuring in our first episode, following the job as an emperor, he was very much criticised for causing the German downfall of the whole empire, but we won't take any credit away when talking about his huge patron to art and literature, as he proved his talent and dedication. In this painting, we saw a detailed depiction of lychee fruit, very much ripened in a crimson red among green leaves, Notice how the emperor took the time to paint the fish scale-like peel. There is no doubt the very fruit, not to be mistaken to others like cherries. There is also a bird, a light venting bubble among the branches. According to the document, Song zhong seldom left his palace in Kaifeng, which is the northern part of China. So how would a northerner like him know Li Qi so well that he painted the fruit with such detail? Well, it is written in Hua Ji that said a lychee tree is planted in front of the Shenhe palace and, if fruited, brings such joy to the emperor. That everyone is evidence that someone took the effort and time to bring a lychee tree all the way from the south, probably the then Hokkien area, to the northern palace of Song Huizong. It was such a miracle, because lychee tree then was much more fragile, easily subjected to any change in soil, temperature, and water. The Chinese people have spent thousands of years trying to figure out how to transport lychee fruit without corrupting or compromising. That to no avail. Despite the advanced technique and much studies have done today, the fragility of this fruit remains. When I was a kid, There was a lychee tree beside my grandma's house. The first thing we did after picking the ripened lychee was to pack them tight in bags, seal them and send them right to the freezer immediately. Leaving the fruit in hot weather or in open space, the fruit would dry out in no more than three days, losing all the fragrance and taste. Well, Song Huizong did not enjoy the convenience of a freezer, and neither did his predecessor. However, human labour was cheap. In fact, so cheap, that during the Tang Dynasty, Li Chi was on a time race on horseback transportation. From the moment the fruit was picked, it was put in bamboo buckets with leaves cover and hoarded onto the horses. The horses would race nonstop, one stop after another, and kept rallying until the buckets of liji finally arrived in Chang'an, the then capital city of the Tang Dynasty. So, who was waiting at the palace for these southern delicacy? Well, not just anyone, but Yang Yuhuan, the most infamous concubine of the emperor. She was beautiful, and a succulent for lychee. 一起红尘非子笑,无人知事立直来 In the dust of the speeding steeds, a concubine smiles, without anyone else knowing that it was the lychee arriving. This poem was written by Du Mu, a celebrated poet, depicting the extravaganza of the nobles and how lychee was prized. Although the lychee tree planted in front of the Shenhe Palace lived, it doesn't mean that everyone in the Song Dynasty, north or south, enjoyed fresh lychee ever since. According to documents, the lychee that was being attributed to the empress were processed. There was Mi 蜜兼力汁, which meant it was sugar glazed, there was Fu, which was dried lychee fruit. Song Huizong had the chance to enjoy several lychee, but the rest of his servants, family members, wives, and concubines could probably get only processed lychee if they were lucky. The royals might have had the chance to taste lychee, dried or not dried, but what about the commoners? Did they have lychee too? Yes and no. The first document we could find now about the Chinese consuming liji dated back to the Han Dynasty in one of the fu poetry written about 180 AD by the then celebrated poet Sima Xiangru. Fu poetry was a combination of both poems and prose, and this particular fu, entitled Shang Lin Fu, mentioned Li Zhi. Yes, the pronunciation was different. Yet it was the very fruit, all right. In following dynasties, there were books and records about lychee, all pointed to southern provinces' production, such as Sichuan and Guangdong. So the commoners in the south ate lychee for sure. It wasn't until the Song Dynasty was there the first book solely dedicated to lychee. Cai Xiang wrote Li Zhi Pu* in which he faithfully listed the original areas to find lychee trees the proper method and ideal environment to plant good lychee the diseases and pest that infected the trees and popular species if the name of the author tsai xiang rings about to you you're not delusional he was also the one who wrote Lu, the book i quoted a lot in the first episode of chi in li zhi pu Cai Xiang also mentioned a treat called Hong Li zhi. It is made by soaking the liji in a mixture of melu and hibiscus dye. The liji shell will be glazed with vibrant red colour, and thanks to the melu, which is the salty water left by pickling the plums, the Hong Li will be preserved longer, up to 3 or 4 years without pest. They were people selling selling红颜荔枝 in the market, but with a high price. In Dongjing 孟华路 and Wu Lin shi there were food with the name lychee. For example, lychee gao, or lychee syrup drink. Don't let the name fool you. The drink contained no lychee instead. It was made with Chinese herbs like cinnamon, ginger, black plums, and honey. The plums and the honey, if mixed together, could fake a flavor similar to the desired lychee. This drink was medicinal, a cure for a heat stroke in summer. Funny how, this isn't the only cuisine with a misleading name. In Mongliang Lu, there was a dish called lichy yaozi, or lychee kidney. The kidney came from sheep, but again, no lychee, no plums or honey was involved. The name simply suggested that the manners to cook the kidney by crisscrossing the kidney before sautéing in a firing wok. The kidney would curl due to the heat and yield a pattern that looked like the peel of lychee. The vast Western world would wait a long time until the 16th century to acknowledge the existence of lychee. In 1585, Juan Gonzales de Mendoza a spanish explorer published historia de las cosas más notables ritos y costumbres del gran reino de la china after traveling to china in this book the western world learned about lychee tree for the first time and later on during 1655 michael Baum, also known as Ge, for the chinese name a polish jesuit missionary published a small book entitled La Flora Chinensis, in which he painted the tree and the fruit with colours, and Mandarin characters noted the name Liji. The westerners had to wait another time till 1775, when the first lychee tree was planted in the then-colonial Jamaica. The warm weather with abundant water made it ideal for the delicate tree. Although Taiwan doesn't have a longer history in growing lychee trees, the Taiwanese have done a remarkable job in cultivating new species. Bigger, sweeter, more defendable toward pest. It's a gospel for lychee lover like me. And I'd like to proudly tell you that my hometown, the Tanzi district of Taichung city, is exactly the famous area for producing the delicious Hei a fragrant and super-sweet species, which I think is better than Yu he Bao in the South. Born in the southern land of Cornucopia, it is hard to imagine how people laboured in the South so that the royals or the rich could suck on one juicy lychee. This painting by Song Huizhong exactly showed his joy, but there was an evidence indicating the extravagance he was lavishly willing to go for. Thank you for tuning in this episode. I'd leave you here with my lychee jelly pops, and I will see you in the fourth episode. Eat Park: The Diet in the Paintings of the Song Dynasty is a podcast produced and hosted by Carmen Chu. The music is provided by YouTube Audio Library, a free database where you can make use of no copyright music. This podcast is also released with videos on YouTube, where you can find the links in the show notes below. Each box is part of the 2020 online curation competition held by the National Palace Museum, and you can hear this broadcast on the MPN websites, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify.